Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 the el conservador radio show is sponsored by the federation for american immigration reform and george rodriguez on 9 30 a.m the answer time for the el conservador radio show with george rodriguez George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody on this beautiful March, Saturday, March 18th? 2023. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a packed one for you today. Lots has been happening at the border. Lots has been happening near the border. Uh, We've got four great guests that you're going to want to hear from because they're on the front lines and they know what's happening. Uh, Let me tell you real quick who they are and uh, then we'll launch into our show. Um, First up, we've got uh, Mr. Idelfonso Ortiz, who is a Breitbart reporter. He's going to be talking to us, my friends, about um, what is happening on the other side of the border, the, uh, the, the frightening shootouts, uh, kidnappings, all of that stuff. He's going to bring, it, bring us up to date. Uh, I, you know, I, as I tell everybody all the time, when I was growing up, my parents used to take us to Nuevo Laredo a lot. Uh, I, I even had an aunt and an uncle that lived across the border, and we used to go over there to shop and eat. Well, my friends, I got news for you. I have cousins in Laredo and myself, we would not go across the border if we had to. Uh-uh, no way. It is dangerous. Uh, so uh, Idelfonso is going to be reporting about uh, the, the recent kidnappings and shootings. Uh, then we also have two sheriffs uh, who are on the front lines who uh, are going to be talking about the, uh, the crime uh, and the recent um, actions by the uh, Texas State Legislature to address the issue uh, of, uh, of the invasion since the federal government can't, um, or won't, should I say. Uh, we've got uh, Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, Texas, very good friend, and another very dear friend, Sheriff Thad Cleveland, uh, Thaddeus Cleveland from Terrell County, uh, Texas. Uh, both of these gentlemen have been very, very involved in uh, in, in telling folks in Austin about what needs to be done here on the border. And uh, they're going to be explaining to us uh, about this recent legislature, uh, legislative action that has been taken to help us address the issue uh, of the, the crisis, the border crisis, because the federal government is not doing it, my friends. If the federal government is not going to protect the citizens of the United States, more specifically the citizens of Texas, then the state of Texas has got to do it, and that's what that's all about. So uh, the sheriff, Brad Coe and Sheriff uh, Thad Cleveland, are going to be chatting with us about this whole thing. Our final guest is uh, is Mark Morgan, a very good friend of mine, someone that I've gotten to know uh, very, very well. Uh, he is now with FAIR. He is a senior fellow at FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, which is our sponsor, by the way. And uh, he is uh, the former ICE director, the uh, former director for uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And uh, he is going to be chatting with us about what the takeaways were, what the the, the results are of the um, uh, of the congressional hearing that was held this past week in South Texas. Uh, the Border Patrol chief, the chief of all of the Border Patrol agents, was one of the people that spoke at this, uh, at this congressional hearing. And uh, what he said and what he didn't say are very, very telling, my friends. He, uh, he would not uh, support the, um, the uh, 
he would not support the impeachment of Mayorkas, of the Homeland Secretary, but he admitted, my friends, he admitted that there is a failure in protecting the border. There is an absolute failure in, in, in protecting the border. He admitted it. This, my friends, is very, very disturbing and telling that we have leaders in government who know that something is going wrong, these bureaucrats, these career bureaucrats, who know that something is going wrong or that, that, that something is being done wrong, and they go along only because it's their job to go along. That's what their perception is. And this is, this is very, very disturbing to me, my friends. So uh, these are our guests, my friends. Please call your friends. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a tremendous show. Please call your friends. Tell them to join us. Uh, tell them to listen in. Let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Ildefonso Ortiz, who is a reporter with Breitbart on the border. Uh, he is down in the uh, McAllen area, or that's where he's been. Who knows where he's at now? Uh, but uh, Ildefonso, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. I want you to give us an update of uh, the recent violence that's going on, the kidnappings, the shootings, the murders. I know that there had been also been a shootout uh, between cartel members down in uh, the Brownsville, Matamoros area. Uh, can you uh, tell us what's going on uh, uh, as far as the, uh, the violence and the crime going on? Well, certainly. So, sadly, uh, because of me the way Mexico has been uh, treating drug cartels, they're out of control. So there's violence literally everywhere. Just last night, there was a shootout in the state of San Luis Potosí where uh, seven people were killed. It was between the military and the cartel gunmen. Uh, but one of the most uh, alarming cases took place a couple of days ago in Matamoros, where um, a group of uh, four individuals from uh, South Carolina crossed in, from Brownsville into Matamoros. They traveled from South Carolina to Brownsville. They crossed into Matamoros. And they were uh, chased, shot at, kidnapped and taken by the Gulf cartel uh, with complete impunity. And then it wasn't until days later that first we heard about it and two, um, uh, basically uh, anything was done about it. Uh, now two of them are back, well, two of them survived, uh, but and uh, sadly two of them died. They're all back in the U.S. now, but the, the interesting part of all this is that it shows you how much power, in this case, the Gulf Cartel has over the city of Matamoros. I mean, like I said, they had enough time to chase a group of Americans, uh, shoot at them, take them, in various, uh, you know, have various vehicles show up, take them, and disappear without the military, without the police, without anybody stopping them. And sadly enough, they were able to keep this under wraps for several days. Uh, you know, and th that's how much control they have over the local news media. That that's how much control uh, things are going. And this particular case became uh, uh, a media storm because once the FBI confirmed that hey, there are four Americans missing in Mexico, there was huge pressure put on Mexico's president. Uh, he would actually sent out 300 soldiers to Matamoros, he sent out a, a special team of police officers, everything to try to rescue them. But here's the funny part. All the, uh, if you look at the case closely, they didn't find them. The Gulf Cartel left the victims in a stash house with just one guard. And then the following day, uh, actually yesterday, the Gulf Cartel kind of did something that was kind of a, a PR stunt. They left five gunmen tied up uh, alive next to a, a, a pickup truck, and then they put a banner saying, we apologize, this is not how we do business, uh, this was an error by these people, they, they did it on their own. <laughs> you know, so, so it was sort of a PR stunt on their part just to try to undo the pressure, but uh, because all this attention is bad for business, and if it's bad for business for the Gulf Cartel, it's bad for business for Mexico's government. Because we have to remember, at the end of the day, the drug cartels in Mexico they don't get their power from their gunmen. They get their power from uh, from their attorneys that, they, that work for them, from dirty judges that protect them, 
and also from dirty politicians that profit from them that they get they get uh, election money from them and they are the ones that, that you know that really give the drug cartels some power in mexico that is why this is a, such a tense case right now in, in, in politics in mexico you know what's what, what's very very interesting uh is uh in in uh, the reaction also from uh, the uh, the president of mexico uh lopez obrador making the comment that uh, first of all he resented that the United States was talking about or even thinking about uh, doing uh, a strike against the uh, cartels in Mexico. Uh, he was very, very upset about that. But then he went even further the next day to say that he was going to interfere against Republicans who were advocating that in the elections in the United States. Uh, you know, he doesn't want uh, the United States to meddle in his affairs, but he is certainly going to meddle in hours you're correct and and that is uh you know because we have to remember he uh the the approach of going hard against drug cartels goes against something that he's done from the very beginning when he was elected and he took office he basically said the war on drugs is over and if you look at the, the comment that he makes where it's it hugs not bullets that's his approach to dealing with drug cartels basically not to fight them with violence but to uh, promote social programs so that people will leave the life of crime and become good citizens. That's been his entire model this whole time as a way to reduce violence. Obviously, it has not worked. It's only made matters worse. And, you know, there's also a lot of, um, you know, AMLO's opposition in Mexico, and uh, and uh, they continue to raise the alarm that this man is uh, may have been complicit with drug cartels as well. Then they bring up the case of El Chapo's kid, uh, you know, not this second arrest, but the first time he was arrested, AMLO ordered for him to be released after, you know, the military had caught him as a way to avoid violence. So if you, when you put all these little things in context, it kind of does show uh, a possible high level of corruption in Mexico with the president possibly uh, supporting in some way these cartels. Now, going back to the Gulf Cartel in Matamoros, one of the things that we have to remember is that uh, there's already been two former governors from Tamaulipas that have had criminal indictments in the U.S. for working with the Gulf Cartel and Los Cetas. Uh, former Governor uh, Tomás Yarrington, who's actually awaiting sentencing, and uh, former Governor Eugenio Hernández, who's in Mexico fighting his extradition. And as a matter of fact, AMLO's government is helping him fight the extradition. So um, this kind of just shows you, like, if these drug cartels have access all from the lowest level all the way to the governor and maybe even higher... It, it's a very scary scenario of what we're dealing and one of the things that it's really concerning is that if you talk to uh, border mayors along the border you know the US mayors they're, they're, they continue to say our sister city our partners etc etc <laughs> but they've been extremely silent after four Americans crossed into a sister city and were kidnapped yep and I mean, in some ways, this is complicit. Uh, this is a uh, hypocrisy. This is on them as well, yeah. because they continue to push this narrative that our border cities are safe. It's all uh, politics and everything, but it really isn't. And they love to say, "Look, our crime stats are great," but actually, those crime stats are actually bogus. And I will tell you why. Most politicians along the border say, "Look, we use the FBI's UCR crime report," but what the FBI's UCR crime report looks at is. Uh, Murder, theft, rape, uh, arson, car theft, and one more, I forget. But they don't look at drug trafficking, human trafficking, kidnapping, extortion, money laundering, the crimes that really are relevant to a border area. And then also what they do in this, uh, with the UCR report is that, for example, they only look at the crimes for this particular city. But if you have it in a case where, like, kind of like San Antonio, where you have multiple municipalities around a metro area, well, they don't count those. They don't count the sheriff's statistics also, and they don't count the federal statistics. So they don't really give you a big, the real picture of the crime in the area, but they love to say our cities are safe. And this is what keeps people traveling to the border and thinking they're going to be okay going into Mexico. It really isn't. It, you know, you're really playing Russian roulette at this time, especially with uh, Mexican authorities uh, not... Uh, 
if before it was dangerous, now, for example, in Tamaulipas, with the current governor, who, if you look at some of our reports, we have linked them to cartel money. And then if you look at the, the actions of the federal government, who are not doing much anyways, you really are playing Russian roulette when you cross into Mexico at this point. You know, it, it's it's obvious that the, that the cartels have become a government unto themselves if they are surrendering, you know, smaller crooks uh, who they uh, claim didn't do did something that uh, they did not give an order for. I mean, it's all crime, but uh, they, they turn over somebody uh, uh, smaller criminals. I mean, it, it's it's outrageous. Well, well, it's a PR stunt, and it's something that they they are very good at. Because uh, let, let me tell you, the, for example, the Gulf Cartel, when it comes around Christmas time, they throw Christmas parties for the poor kids in the poor colonias. Uh, and they'll do, uh, the, uh, you know, special events for kids on certain days. They throw parties, they, give, they buy presents. And even, for example, when the pandemic hit, when, you know, people were, were not working or locked up and everything in their houses and everything, the Gulf Cartel literally bought, uh, you know, uh, food items, they call them despensas, and they went around Matamoros delivering these food items to the poor families. So they are very good at playing the PR game. So the, all this pressure on them right now is bad for business. So they, all they want right now is for the cameras to go away so everybody can go back to making money. And sadly, the people of Mexico go back to suffering under their, under their, their, their reign, reign of terror, actually. Wow, incredible. Um, can you just real quick tell us uh, what you think needs to happen to address this problem? Well, there's a lot of talk right now about, uh, you know, the, getting the military involved and everything. Um, you know, I favor a, a, uh, the approach that uh, Congressman Chip Roy pushed a, a while back where he actually, he had a very specific targeted approach. He called for declaring certain drug cartels, not all of them, certain, as foreign terrorist groups. Now, the I the way it was to be done, it was more of a white-collar approach, not so much of a military approach, because the laws, you know, around the money laundering side are different for terrorism than they are for drug money. So if we look at the circle of influence, what really makes the cartel the powerful would be their money. Uh, well, it will be the, their attorneys, the judges, the banks that launder the money, the dirty politicians in Mexico that protect them. And because their power doesn't really come from however many gunmen they have. So if you declare them as foreign terrorist groups, the banks can't touch their money. Uh-huh. It's harder for the, for the businesses to, to move their, their funds. And then Mexico, the Mexican politicians cannot protect them because then Mexico uh, it would be subject to uh, being declared foreign sponsor of terrorism and facing international sanctions. Right. So that would be the best answer in all this. You got it. Ildefonso, thank you very, very much for uh, for uh, talking to us. We've been talking with our good friend Ildefonso Ortiz with Breitbart. Uh, stay safe, and we will follow up with you at a later time to find out what else is going on, buddy. Thank you. My pleasure. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got our good friend, Sheriff Brad Cope from Kenny County, Texas, just west of us here. And, uh, of course, as we've had other conversations with him, uh, Kenny County is located on the border. I wanted to ask him about um, this uh, House Bill 20 that is being considered in Austin, Texas, which uh, will create... A, uh, or allow for the creation of a state border patrol. And uh, since the sheriff has been both a border patrol agent as well as he is now a, uh, a county sheriff, I wanted to get his opinions on this. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time out of your day. We know that What's it's right? already been an exciting one for you. Oh, yeah. Every day's <laughs> exciting here. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you calling, George. I really do. Tell us, what are, what are your thoughts about this HB20? Well, I've been reading H. Bill 20 because there's a bunch of them coming out. But H. Bill 20, it, like you said, it does discuss about, talks about the creation of, well, for lack of a better term, a, a Texas State Border Patrol type agency. Uh, I think there's some good points to the bill. I think there's some things that need to be 
reworded, rewritten, because it mentions, one of the things it does mention is the fact that anybody entering into the state of Texas from other than a, a port of entry is subject to uh, felony trespass charges. I think that, that term might need to be refined a little bit, make it, because uh, uh, it kind of like points well just for illegal immigrants, but under federal statutes, the United States citizen crosses the, between a port of entry. He's got X number of hours to get to the port of entry to uh, declare himself. So now I think that kind of needs to be worked in there also, because not just not just uh, Mexicans or Hondurans or Guatemalans, et cetera, but United States citizens also, because they can all speed up just as no good as anybody else. Yes, you know what I mean? Correct. Correct. Now, um, in, in the time that you have been both a, a Border Patrol agent and now a sheriff, have you seen the problems of the border ever? I mean, have they gotten worse in your opinion? Uh, I have. I can honestly say I've never seen it this bad. Where uh, Texas law enforcement had to step in and take control of the border. I mean, there's we had periods where you know during each presidential election, like I've said before, there's always a spike in crossing because nobody knew what was going to happen if there was going to be amnesty granted or not. But this go around, it's never stopped. There would be a peak and then it would go away. But this just continues on and on and on. So. I think it's time for the state to do something. If the, if the federal government's not going to protect us, it's up to, to the state agencies and the, and the county sheriffs to, to protect your citizens and protect their residents. Well, yeah, that's you know that seems to be the big the big uh, debate uh, between the two parties between the Republicans and Democrats is uh, the Democrats are now saying that this bill is illegal because the federal government is supposed to take care of of immigration and illegal immigration and the border control, et cetera, et cetera. However, what happens when they don't? Oh, exactly. But in the wording of the, of the bill, the way I remember it, if they're coming into the state of Texas other than a port of entry onto private property, then they're subject to a, a felony criminal trespass. Doesn't say anything about their immigration status. It doesn't say that they're here illegally or where they're from. It just says entering the state of Texas other than a port of entry are subject to uh, felony trespass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and how, many, how many complaints have you gotten, for example? How many complaints do you get from, your, from their county residents about somebody, uh, somebody trespassing on their property and they happen to be uh, illegal aliens? Very few people complain, you know, complain about the uh, fact that we're out there apprehending them, or trying to anyway. Uh, we do have complaints that we can't get out there quick enough. Yeah, it it it. Uh, I mean, do you get them uh, on a regular basis? Is it uh, is it uh, a constant uh, uh, calling of complaining about uh, illegal trespassing? I uh, every time I go to lunch, uh, <laughs> but no, but but, but seriously, the the county residents know that we're understaffed and they know that we're having a hard time keeping up with what we've got. You know, they will say, "Hey, we had a group last night came through here. We called your your office, but y'all were tied up. Border patrol couldn't come out." To a degree, they're very understanding, but at the same time, they they want something done, and we're doing the best we can to get it done with what we got to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked to some residents of Kennedy of, of Kenny County there, who have told us, uh, well, female residents at that, who have told me that uh, that in their interview that uh, uh, they've had to arm themselves and they are quite uh, afraid yeah. to go out at night, and rightfully so. I mean. You know, like we've discussed before, years back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, the ones that you, they encountered on their property were very humble. You know, they would they, they would try to stay away from the houses. They would only go up if they were in dire need of, say, food or water or were lost. They weren't out there demanding to be taken anywhere. They weren't demanding uh, food. You will give me food. You will give me shelter. A lot of times they would show up and say, hey, we're lost. We're tired. We ran out of food. Can you call the Border Patrol to come get us? And... Uh, they would, and while they were waiting for a border patrol, the ranchers who would feed them, they would give them water and have a conversation with them, and go on. But now uh, they're demanding; they want their phones charged. They're breaking into houses like at an unprecedented rate, and it's just—it's not nothing like I've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I remember uh, working in the Reagan administration, working with uh, the border patrol folks when when. They used to run away and hide. 
<laughs> now they come up to you. Yeah. Now they come up to the border patrol and introduce themselves. Yeah, pretty much so. Because a lot of them know that they're going to be taken off this process and kicked loose. <laughs> Incredible. Um, anything else you want to add, Sheriff? Anything else that we could we could uh, that you could tell us about that uh, you might be thinking about this bill? Uh, this bill, is, I think it's I think it's got its, its merits. I think there's a few things that need to be refined. Of course, you know how bills are. They'll go to the House. They'll go back to the, to the Senate. They'll go from the Senate back to the House and have some minor things changed. And I think it's a very workable bill. we just got to get everybody on board, make sure that the language is correct before it has a constitutional challenge. Yep. That's what I was saying. We have to make sure that it includes the wordings proper that it refers to anybody entering between a port of entry onto private property in the state of Texas, not just illegal aliens. Yep. And I think, I think that they're... There definitely will be a challenge from uh, from the the progressive folks who uh, oh. disagree with it completely. Well, that's one of the things. You know, that's why it has to go back and forth. We need to make sure that, that the holes are all patched before we set that ship to sail. You got it. Well, thank you, Sheriff, for taking time to be with us. Uh, be safe out there. When you get a chance, come see us. <laughs> I will. Be, I certainly will. <laughs> I got to come and eat some of that good uh, good food you got out there. <laughs> All right, we're ready for you. You got it. Once again, my friends, we're talking. We've been talking with our good friend Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, and this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you from san antonio deep in the heart of south texas and we've got our good friend sheriff uh, thaddeus cleveland from terrell county texas on the far uh, southwest part of the state up against the border i wanted to get him on to comment about a very interesting and it's become controversial but a very interesting bill that has been proposed in the state of uh, house here in Texas. Uh, as everybody knows that listens to our show, the border is out of control. And uh, the state uh, uh, legislature is proposing a bill that would do several things which, well, are unheard of until now, including uh, having uh, a uh, state uh, militia, a state uh, law enforcement effort to um, protect the border, to uh, do things which really the Texas Rangers used to do many years ago. But uh, the sheriff is very, is very, very, uh, uh, he knows about this because not only is he a sheriff uh, as, a, as an agent uh, of uh, law enforcement, but he was also a Border Patrol agent. So sheriff, thank you for taking time to be with us. Tell us about this bill that is being proposed. What are your thoughts? Yes, sir. And, and uh, hey, thank you again for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, Mr. Rodriguez. Um, you know what this bill is being proposed? You know, I'm a supporter. Um, you know, and when we talk about more security and what's going on along our border at this time, um, we need more help. I need more help in my county, um, as do all counties up and down the border. And, and under this new proposal, given given state and local law enforcement the ability to to send people back to Mexico, I think it's a good thing. As long as it comes with the you know appropriate training, which it would, if, if we're given that authority um, and we have the, the proper tools and, and training to do that, it will be good. Um, on that note, you know, as you're familiar with, we already have a delegated authority from the U.S. government through. Um, immigration and Customs Enforcement, the 287G that comes out of the Immigration and Nationality Act. So, again, having um, officers, having uh, whether it's state or local, this giving them this authority with the right training, it'll be effective and it'll be good for our border. Now, you as a former Border Patrol agent, um, obviously the argument that the uh, left, that the liberals and the Democrats are making at this point uh, is that uh, the state does not have the authority to uh, interfere, as they say, interfere in uh, immigration issues. Yet, uh, as long as I've been covering the border crisis, 
I haven't seen the border, the um, the federal government step up and do too much, especially in the last two years. What are your thoughts on that? You're exactly right. You know, and I must say, again, having been a Border Patrol agent, having been a patrol agent in charge, the work our men and women do along the border, whether it's Border Patrol, um, Office Field Operation, officers there at the ports of entry, they do tremendous work. They're just not getting the support they need from this current administration. And as I mentioned before, you know, every administration brings good and bad policy. Um, and and we, need, we need our laws changed. We need to do away with policy changes. We need our laws changed. But what's happening right now is there's absolutely there's no policy. Um, this current administration does not give um, give a darn with what's going on along the border. It, it's that plain and simple. Um, but we need something to be done. This problem is solvable, as you've heard me say before. Um, you know, it starts with the White House. It starts with the president of the United States of America letting the world know that they're not going to come to our country illegally. And will that stop at all? Of course not. But then that's why we need to bring back we need to bring back some consequences. If you're going to cross our borders illegally, you're going to be prosecuted. If you want to come here and claim asylum, then we need to um, put forth the MPP migrant protection protocols again. And then long term, as I've mentioned, and, and I'm sorry for repeating myself as I often do, but we need to have border security and we need immigration reform. And both of those are two separate, um, two separate things. Yep. Now, uh, just for just for uh, information's sake. Um, as long as you were a border patrol agent and now a sheriff, uh, have you ever seen the border this uh, out of control? And, uh, and and can you provide us a couple of examples of uh, the people, or of how many people that you pick up on a, on a week, weekly basis, how many encounters you have? Yes, so first part of your question, no, it's never been out, out of this control. And, and, and that's well-documented. Um, if you go back and, and look at whether it's numbers, uh, you can go back and look at the historical stats or, or just look at the amount of attention it's getting. And you look at what happened in El Paso yesterday, which was, was significant. Um, but no, out here in, in Terrell County, if it wasn't for the governor of Texas and what he's done for border security, not just here in Terrell County, but along the border, those guys and gals from Texas Department of Public Safety, Texas Parks and Wildlife, uh, the Texas Military Forces, the National Guard, um, they're working hand-in-hand hand with Border Patrol, working hand-in-hand hand with us in, in making successful apprehensions and seizures daily. Not just weekly, but daily. Um, I, I don't know where we'd be here in Terrell County without them. Um, I, I tell you, I have uh, two deputies and myself, so that's a you know an office of three, and uh, about 98, 99% of our calls are going to be Border Security related. How, what what do your residents? What do the residents of uh, of Terrell County tell you when when it comes to uh, their personal security uh, and their property regarding the whole border crisis? Well, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I'm I'm from Sanderson. I'm, I'm a hometown boy, and, and I came back to this community to raise my kids, and uh, and I was blessed to be able to come back as a border patrol agent. Um, I've been very fortunate to uh, to be able to become the sheriff of this community. I, I care about this community. I care about the people. You know, I mentioned to you before, I was raised my grandmother here, but so many people um, were like were like parents to me. So I really want to give back to this community. Um, so uh, they're, they're pleased with the job we're doing. We, we get we get nothing but, um, you know, hugs and, and kisses, if you will, on a daily basis. People are, are they feel protected. They know we have their back. Um, we recently hired a new deputy up in the northern portion of the county where, you know, before Sanderson is the county seat and, and Terrell County is the third or the 10th largest county um, in the state. We have about 2,300 square miles. And, uh, and again, we the sheriff's office primarily focuses on Sanderson, but, but we've really expanded that to make sure our landowners know that, that we're out there for them, that we'll respond to anything they have um, in, in regards to border security or, or anything it is. So, um, you know, we're fortunate with this community and, and the way that, that they show their appreciation for the work we do. So in my final question for you, <clears throat> this uh, we have been uh, talking a lot on our show for the past uh, few months about the border crisis and the things that need to be done, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that with this bill, uh, at least some of the cavalry is coming? Do you think? So uh, I tell you, the, the cavalry's here already with the governor, but uh, but this will only expedite things. And what I mean by that is, so currently, whether I catch an illegal alien or a smuggling load, or if the state does 
we have to in turn turn them over to Border Patrol so so they can um, establish or determine aliens of the people that we apprehend, which again they're they're all have been illegal aliens. And at that point, and speaking specifically for for the Border Patrol station here in Sanderson, um, once they process them, they're taking them either two hours to the east down to Del Rio so they can be repatriated through Ciudad Acuna, or they're being taken. Um, you know, two and a half hours to the to the west to Presidio and repatriated to Oinaga. So what that would do is that would really alleviate uh, the Border Patrol having to, to spend so much more time on apprehensions made by us, the local authority, or by the state authorities. Um, so overall, you know, it, it would really expedite the process, and it, it would be much more efficient. Um, and, and I'm sure that the uh, the state would would start staging buses in this area, so we could you know we could load people up in buses and, and take them to the, the appropriate port of entry. You got it. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking some time to uh, give us some, shed some light on this on this bill, and uh, hopefully, uh, it will uh, it will provide some some assistance and to a very very ter- a, a terrible crisis that we've got going on at the border. Anything you'd like to add before we let you go? Again, I just want to thank you. I thank you for what you do for for covering this topic as you do um, to getting the word out and uh, to supporting us here at the local community level. Thank you. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, and we've been chatting with our good friend, uh, Sheriff Cleveland, from Terrell County, Texas. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you. Howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, uh, senior fellow at FAIR, as well as the the former uh, commissioner for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And uh, he's just uh, written an article that we want to hear about, the uh, congressional visit that just occurred here in South Texas. I actually co-wrote that with another great patriot, Tom Holman, uh, through our affiliation as, as fellows with uh, the Heritage Foundation as well. And as you mentioned, it was, uh, it was the uh, uh, hearing that was conducted by the House Homeland uh, Committee, uh, chaired by Representative Green. That went, they, went, they went to the border, <clears throat> as they should. And that's where they had the hearing. That's where the epicenter is. Obviously, that's where you're at as well, you know, in a, in a border state. And, of course, uh, not a single Democrat showed up. That's another issue as well. Uh, you know, we, uh, we reported last week because they had announced that they were not coming because they said it was a uh, political ploy. It was a political stunt. Um, there was a, uh, a a grandmother and her granddaughter who were killed on Tuesday in a in a car chase or Monday rather in a car chase with a human smuggler, and I assure you that's not a uh, a, a political stunt. I don't understand what these yeah. people are thinking. Yeah, George, I, I think that's exactly right. It, 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 what they mean by political stunt is what the Democratic Party right now are doing is they're, they're following a, a popularism approach, meaning that they're only going to focus on what they believe is popular for their ideology, for their movement, for their Democratic Party. If it's not popular, they're going to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. That's why they didn't attend. Uh, you tell me what the stunt is about having a hearing right on the location of where the crisis is beginning for this country. I don't understand what the political stunt is. The truth is, is they will have no answer. They, they would have no answer to the testimony. How were they going to counter what the director, Steve McGraw of Texas DPS, was going to say? Our sheriff Coe, who who is a sheriff of a, of a you know a, a county on the border, um, you, you know, or a representative from the National Border Patrol Council, who's who represents the thousands and thousands of men and women actually on the front lines of our nation, and then of course the chief of the United States Border Patrol. They were going to have no answer to that. They would have no counter to what was being said. That's why they didn't show up. Uh, tell us about uh, the, your article, the five takeaways from of what the chief, the Border Patrol Chief Ortiz. Now, he's taken some heat because in the past he has, uh, he has stood uh, by uh, the administration. Yep. But uh, what did he say or what, what happened in this testimony? You know, George, so, so I really brought that up. And look, I, I've taken some flack for this, but, you know, I'm going to continue to call balls and strikes. I think the chief had, has had multiple opportunities the past two years to really stand up for what is right, to, 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 to address not only his personnel but the American people and not be forced to do it under oath. But when he's not under oath, I believe, and many are, are, are you know, shoulder to shoulder with me, is that he has not seized upon opportunities to do just that. The, the, the horse patrol incident, right, where his very men that, that he, he dispatched to go to the border in Del Rio that, 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 that uh, week um, that, were, that were lied about that said they whipped anybody, he knew it wasn't a lie, but all he did was try to correct the lie internally. When he had an opportunity as they continued to lie externally, he still sat back and did nothing. 
So I do think that there are there is is justifiable criticism to to his lack of of outreach and his lack of communication and transparency to the American people and his own personnel. But here we have him now under oath. So he's testifying in front of a congressional hearing under oath. He had to tell the truth. And yeah, to his credit, uh, he did. Now, I still think he avoided some direct questions. But look, and, and there is one question before I get to the, the, the op-ed. You know, as he was leaving, one of the reporters asked him, should Secretary Mayorkas be impeached? I got to tell you, as a career official, he should have been completely silent on that. That's way outside his purview. But that he commented on, and he said no. After he gives this damning testimony that shows the secretary <laughs> – has abused his authority, lied to the American people, lied to Congress. He's going to go out on a limb, not for the American people, not for his own men and women. He doesn't go out on a limb, George, for his own men and women when it comes to the horse patrol. But he'll go out on a limb for Secretary Mayorkas and say out loud that he should be impeached. It's, 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 so anyway, before we give him too much credit, I wanted to say that. But look, there are five key areas. And one is, is he was asked directly, um, uh, do you have operational control of the southwest border? He, he very plainly said and correctly said, no, we do not, sir. That's in direct contradiction to the secretary who under oath was asked the very same question and said, yes, we have operational control. So, again, that's just one of a long list of why Secretary America should be impeached. You know, he was asked about the gotaways, and he said that there was 1.4 million gotaways in the first 25 months. That doesn't even come close to, to any levels in our entire lifetime. And he said something also important, that that's, that's an underreporting that he thinks that the number is easily 20% higher than the 1.4 million known gotaways being reported. He also says something that's very important that, that counters the, the one of the Democrats' talking points is that, well, fentanyl, you know, we, we seize most of the drugs at the port of entry. And so somehow then what's happening in between the port of entry isn't, a, isn't an issue. He countered that. He said, no, we are seizing fentanyl and other narcotics, dangerous narcotics, in between the port of entry. So it just blasts a hole in the Democratic talking point. And then he rounds off a couple of them. He talks about how the border wall, it was a mistake to stop the border wall. Again, first time you've seen your executive has actually said that out loud under oath. And then lastly, he talks about that. He said the, the, the quite part out loud that they have fundamentally changed the core mission of the Border Patrol from an enforcement agency to protect our nation's sovereignty and, and safety and security to one now, which he called a processing enterprise. Um, and that's where we're at. And those are the five big, big takeaways. You know, I, I, I would add a, another one, George, real quick. I know I'm going long here, but is that when he he's also asked about operational control, and this is another reason why Secretary Mayorkas has got to go. Secretary Mayorkas is coming to Secretary and he's like, you know what, operational control, not only going to lie to the American people and lie under oath to Congress to say we have operational control, I'm going to even go a step further. I, I don't like operational control. I don't like that definition the secretary has, has decided, even though it's law. The 2000 Secure Fence Act says the secretary shall maintain operation control, and it defines what operation control is. He doesn't like it because he doesn't have it, but, <clears throat> but he's gone past this line. He's now made up a new term. He, he now is going to uh, define success as mission advantage. I don't know what the heck that what, is. What does that George. mean? Yeah, when I, when I heard that, I, I could what, – what the heck does that mean? Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. So he not only is he lying to the American people, Congress, that we have operational control, but now he's just dismissed it. He's just he's just told himself and his workforce, you can dismiss a congressional statutory law in place. Don't worry about it. I'm going to create a complete new definition. I'm going to create a new law. I'm going to call it mission advantage. I don't know what the hell that is, but now that's going to be your guidance. I mean, this is we've never had this before where a secretary comes in and lies and just dismisses the law. Again, another reason why he's got to be impeached. Yeah, I mean, he's played, uh, the uh, the Democrats, the liberals are, are very, very adept to playing word yep. games. And here goes one more word game, you know, the, uh, I, I, changing I the definition. Right. I, I think that's right. And, but look, this is so important, though, and it, it, it hasn't been talked about enough since the hearing. I mean, for the first time we heard, not only have they, 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 they changed the core fundamental mission of the Border Patrol from an enforcement to now a processing enterprise, that was said out loud, but now he, this secretary has actually thwarted the law. He's actually said out loud, I am not going to enforce the law because I don't agree with or I don't like the current law. I'm going to dismiss that and I'm going to develop my own law and my own definition called mission advantage when really your mandate by law is operational control and it's clearly defined. I mean, George, this is outrageous. It really, it truly is. And, uh, you know, impeachment, at least <laughs> impeachment is in, is necessary because uh, obviously when you're not, when you held, when he held up his arm 
uh, to uh, swear that he was going to uphold the, the Constitution and the laws. Well, he's not. That's exactly right. And what some naysayers are saying, well, you know, impeachment's not supposed to be used for a, a policy difference for politics. We're not. This is not about policy differences. This is not. No, don't 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 get me wrong. I completely agree with all the policies, but that's not what impeachment. That's not what our call for impeachment is about. Our call for impeachment is exactly what you said. He has abused his authorities and he's violated the law. This is the first time in, in our lifetime, George, where we had a, had a secretary of, of a large department come in and just thwart the law and just make a decision of which laws he's going to enforce and which ones he's not. And on top of that, then direct his men and women that are charged with enforcing the laws to actually violate them. I mean, it's, so it's, it's not just that he's lied to Congress under oath, which by itself is an impeachable offense, but he also, again, has, has thwarted the, the 2006 definition of operation control and developed his own definition we just described. But this is also the same secretary that has told ICE agents, uh, uh, don't enforce the law. If an illegal alien is here illegally, that's not enough to remove them. If they have a court order removal by an immigration judge, that's not enough to remove them. He refuses to detain illegal immigrants, even though the law, the INA, clearly defines he should be detaining a certain demographics of illegal aliens. He's not, George. I could go on and on. This is not about a policy or political difference. This is about the fact that this a, a, a secretary is absolutely violating the law. He's abused his authorities, and he's eroded the public's trust in the system of government. That those are all impeachable grounds. Now, I've been looking at the uh, at the response from the media to this meeting, uh, particularly to the uh, comments by the by the Border Patrol chief by Ortiz. And um, uh, again, it seems well. I see. I have seen a little bit uh, on um, uh, on C on C CNN, but I haven't seen very much on the rest of them. Do you think this is going to have any kind of impact? No, not, not in the mainstream media. I, I, just, I just did a, um, um, uh, a speech the other day, or interaction, I would say, with, with some some uh, uh, some folks, and that's one of the questions they ask, and they ask about the media, and that's a challenge right now because, look, I I, I do place some blame that's probably a harsh word on american people that hey look we all it's all a responsibility to be educated and aware and informed uh, about what's going on in the country when you make your decision to vote um you, you shouldn't just stay in your corner and, and, and based on your ideology uh, do your vote you really should get informed but on the other hand i also understand that they're busy they're trying to pay a mortgage to put food on the table and i got that but also the challenge is is where i don't blame the american people is that they're being lied to oh. right i mean they're being lied to by their president of the United States, their vice president, the press secretary, and the secretary of DHS. Look, all of those individuals the past two years have one just, again, used the populism approach. They just ignored the border because it's bad for them. But they've also lied to the American people. They all at some point have said we have operation control, the border secure. We know it's all a lie. But look, when you're an American out there and you're in Montana or you're in Missouri or Vermont and your president and your secretary saying there's nothing to see here, it's all secure. You know, I, I give them some deference that like, like, hey, I don't get this. Who am I supposed to believe? And then on top of that, the overwhelming majority of mainstream media is also using the populism approach. They're not going to talk about something that's not popular to their ideology or their agenda. And this is a perfect example. Every single news outlet, every single cable news program, should have a, a Chief Ortiz's statement front and center. It should have been the leading thing. The chief says we do not have operational control of our borders. That that should have been leading every article, every headline, but it wasn't. Yep. My friend, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. We really needed to hear about this very well. And I, I consider it a historical meeting down at the border that yep. uh, it has such importance to us. Thank you very, very much. You bet, George. Anytime. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, Senior Fellow at FAIR and the former Director of uh, Immigration's Custom Enforcement. Thank you very, very much. Once again, my friends, thank you very, very much for joining us on, on our show today. I want to thank Ido Alfonso Ortiz from Breitbart for being our guest. I want to thank Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County for taking time to be with us uh, from his super busy schedule. And the same for uh, Sheriff Thad Cleveland. Uh, over in Terrell County, who also is running around trying to protect our borders, my friends, trying to protect us from uh, folks that are not only entering the country illegally, but heaven knows what else. 
Uh, we know the fentanyl. We know the, the problems with uh, um, child molesters, with criminals returning after they've been deported. My friends, our border is a problem. And our, our final guest, I really, really want to thank Mark Morgan, a dear friend uh, from FAIR and uh, former ICE director. Mark is, is really, really at the front lines, uh, lobbying, uh, informing, educating people about this terrible situation we've got with an administration that just doesn't seem to care. An administration that just doesn't seem to care. An administration... Uh, filled with people who are actually lying to us, my friends. This is what's very disturbing to me, who are actually lying to us. This past week, this past week here in, here in Texas, we had a, a grandmother and a daughter killed in Ozona, Texas, uh, by a, a smuggler that was running from the law. And these smugglers, my friends, are running constantly. There is, are constant car chases throughout South Texas as these smugglers try to outrun the law. And uh, just like there was this tragedy, there are going to be many more tragedies. There's also the issue of, of uh, Border Patrol agents being attacked by illegal aliens who have emboldened, who have become emboldened, who feel that uh, they are somehow entitled to come into our country illegally. My friends, we are in, in, in an invasion mode. We are in a siege mode mode. We've got people, we've got Democrats, we've got liberals, leftists who want to defund the police while at the same time they don't want to do anything about shutting the border. We're being attacked from two sides, internally and externally, my friends. An attack, invasion, those are correct words. I hope that you will continue joining us. I hope that you will continue supporting us Please go to our website. Please go to El Conservador, George Rodriguez. You can find me all over social media. Please support us. Uh, we welcome any donations. Any uh, We are also always looking for, uh, for uh, folks to advertise on our program. Uh, please feel free to contact us, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But we need your support. We need, my friends, to tell the truth to interpret what the uh, uh, mainstream media is saying. So, thank you again for joining us today. Until next time, stay strong, be safe. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Mm-hmm.